Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello, welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My goodness, that was barely intelligible, but sure, look, <laughs> we're going to roll with it. My name is Graham, and joining me this week, as always, a very happy eagle, it's, uh, it's Luke Holmes. <laughs> Are you sure it's uh, a good start to the podcast, Graham? Well, I mean... <laughs> you know how we doing not too shabby yourself um very very good very very good some news broke this week that made my year so mm. well i presume uh, you know tis tis the season and all I, I don't know i have my tree up i don't know if you have your tree up but surely there's an eagle going on top nope. of your christmas tree which we know there's no christmas tree in this bedroom anywhere in your in your household it's downstairs, yeah. It's been up since mid-November. Wow. Okay. My, my girlfriend's has been up since October. <laughs> Did I, uh, wow, before Not Halloween. Not happy about it. Not happy about it. Wow. So I put the foot down and said no Christmas songs in the car until December 1st. <laughs> I imagine that went down well. It didn't go down well because we went to the shop with her friends on Thursday night, I believe it was. And of course, it wasn't December at this point. No, it's right. And they right. were sat there in silence, and I was like, yeah, "Christmas <laughs> songs are not going on." Wow, we were, how many, how many, was, how many friends were you with? Just there was, there was the car was full. Put it that way. Oh my goodness! And you you've been abs- in my car. You've so absolute you, Grinch. <laughs> yeah, they were all calling me a Grinch. I was like, "Yeah, fucking talk, talk amongst yourselves." Uh, I'm not pointing out. <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. To be fair, I will say uh, the tree for me goes up last weekend, November. And then, usually December first is usually I I think as well acceptable, yeah, an acceptable time. It has crept a little bit earlier. I've I've, I've noticed in the in recent years, mid November. Yeah, we're beginning to get to that point. Uh, in October, I'm afraid you go look golden rule. You cannot. You Halloween has to pass first. Like that is that is just yeah. the nature of it. It does, but um, <laughs> apparently not. Wow. Well, you're, 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 yeah, next year's gonna be fun for you, anyways. I'll tell you, tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. So yeah, it is. Uh, all the lights are up. It's very nice. Uh, you had some snow that was uh, landed, I would say. Yeah, about four inches, five inches worth. Yeah, not bad. Which is isn't too bad, but now it's causing chaos. So hopefully, no work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, five, uh, five inches of snow—an average amount of snow, you might, you might say, in this part of the world. More than average, I would say. Though, to be honest. <laughs> I guess it depends where you're from. I've been told it's too much sometimes. <laughs> oh. I'd say that's about three inches too much. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I'm sorry? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, but not sorry. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Look, this is this is this is our uh, news recap extravaganza. This is some of this going goes before Vegas as a. It was a quite a, yeah, so it was a frantic finish to the season. And well, before we get into that, we'll obviously go through the main news from the week, which is that Williams uh, didn't keep us waiting too long. Surprisingly, to an, actually. Yeah, I thought they'd take a little bit more time with this, uh, or at least they were till Monday, but uh, they didn't dilly-dally, and they announced Logan Sargent on December 1st. So as, uh, yeah, they are, un- they are confirmed to be unchanged for 2024, which of course completes our 
2024 F1 grid, as we've mentioned, is the first time in F1 history that the beginning of next season will, in theory, have the uh, the same grid that finished it. So, look, we've, I mean, Logan Sargent's future is, is one we've kind of chatted about for quite a long time uh, throughout the year. We've obviously speculated and, uh, and the such on drivers we'd like to see come in. So... Now the news is official. Uh, what, what are your what are your main thoughts, if any, that we haven't covered to this stage on uh, Logan Sargent? There, there isn't many, to be honest. But I'm I'm glad they've done it early. Mm. I, I, this is a good move, I think. I think James had sort of like put cold water on the whole thing about Sargent actually staying on at the team last week, I believe it was before mm. any announcement was made. So it was all like um and R, and I know we was in the last podcast. And then suddenly an announcement comes out of the blue, I would say, for for Williams. Anyway, we know they're one of the last teams to normally announce their driver lineup. So I, I think there's a positive that Logan Goen can have a full winter of prep again to mm. sort of have a reset and thing and look at the data and go, hang on a minute, I'm doing this wrong. They They can sort of take him under their wing and absolutely train the hell out of him over the winter. And then if it goes wrong next year, then it's on him. Isn't it really? He's only got himself to sort of. Well, he's got his own self to lose the seat, really, because there's going to be a lot of people chomping at the bit. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like you know, we, we, when Nick DeVries got the chop mid-season, you know, like you could easily argue Sargent could have easily found himself in a similar situation because they like he didn't as like he's got age on his side, sure, but his performances to DeVries were, would you say, largely similar? Oh, very similar. Underperforming in a car that could, was capable of points. As proven by their team. Now, it was the fringes of the points, but still, mm. at least being close to it was the bare minimum, right? But you can't be last all the time, like i.e. DeVries or Sergeant were. Yeah, like, my, 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 my main point was, like, that, you know, it... It was like in a sense, if he hadn't got the second season, you wouldn't have been surprised. No, no, of course not. Of course not. Uh, my my general thoughts on this: look, I would have liked to have seen Dewan in the car, but I, this signing, I think, is somewhat context dependent on what happens in the next twelve months. And there's a few things that kind of come attached to that. One: uh, what does Alex Albon decide to do? Does Alex Albon decide? You know, he'd like a. Uh, move up the grid, whether that is in the plethora of seats that are available, whether it be an, an, an Alpha May or sorry, a Sauber, an Alpine, possibly. We don't know what Red Bull want to do, of course, yes. I, I don't think that would be an option, but we can't rule it out if, like quite yet. But, you know, there's a. And then obviously, we've, we uh, obviously, the Ferrari stuff came up earlier this year as well. So. It's not a guarantee that Alex Albon stays, and if he doesn't stay, then that puts you in a difficult spot where if you if Sargent doesn't kick on and you, he doesn't get a third year or you know it isn't kept on for a third year, you're kind of in this reset mode where you've got a write-off for 25, essentially, because whoever you bring in, two new drivers, essentially, and that's it's almost back to square one in some regards, and you, you almost have to write off that year because we know it takes time for drivers to... Now, some drivers can come in and hit the ground running, of course, but not, not everyone does. No, no, but I, I think there's different narratives being played here. I think certain shoulders have been tapped, if you know what I'm referring to. 
Well, I think the other 12 months, I think I think the other thing for the next 12 months is obviously what happens in F2, for instance. Yeah, this is what I was getting at. Mm. And uh, I guess Mercedes' plans for Kimi Antonelli and if things go well there and how do Williams feel about that? Will they mind taking on Antonelli for a year or two? Because we know the Mercedes boys are out of contract at the end of 25, so... You know, do they? Is it within Williams' interest to just get a year or two out of Antonelli before he moves on? Maybe if he's that good. I mean, uh, Alfa uh, Romeo, or sorry, Sauber got a good year out of Leclerc for one year. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? If he's a general generational talent like we believe him to be, and Mercedes believe him to be, then I think Williams would be silly to say no. But yeah. saying that, they've also got two of their own drivers in F two next year, right? And of course, Logan is still part of their academy anyway. So, you've you've they've sort of got a. I think they're preparing for a complete reset in twenty five. Complete reset. I think they need to be aware of us. Like I think they have to be very realistic about the up the potential that we may have two new drivers next uh, in twenty twenty five. And would they like those to be two new rookies? I think like, so like Val's is not is you know is not shy about you know the long term, the medium to long term future. But if I don't know, it's it's a. It's a difficult prospect in, in, in theory. It is, it is. But I think I think if, it, like Gunter has said in the past, if a superstar's available, then you can't say no, even that's, if it's for a year or two. Yeah, that's the thing. It wouldn't even, like, depending, like with Antonelli, he's not even their superstar. That's the thing, isn't it? I don't see their driver, Williams's Driver Academy as superstars, personally. I think O'Sullivan's very overrated. And Colapinto is just not quite it. Yeah, again, it's going to be um, many aspects in F two are going to be fascinating. That, that those two are particularly particularly uh, of interest because, in theory, like in theory, they could easily be competing. And of course, with Antonelli for a, a seat and winner winner takes a seat, perhaps like we saw in twenty twenty with with a uh, Haas and Mick Schumacher. Yeah, basically, that's that's the way I see it happening. And then they bring in an experienced driver as um, the main driver of albums. Album leaves. Mm. The thing with Antonelli is like I don't even he doesn't I don't think he, he even needs to, he doesn't even need to win the title. He could just finish second or third, get his super his, points, and be on his way. The other two do. Yeah, he he just literally can scroll stroll into it. That's the thing. Yeah, Behrman again is in the same same boat as well. Uh, the thing is, I think Williams's best academy driver is staying in F3 next year. Oh, you think Luke Browning? Yeah, I do. I'm very partial to Luke Browning, and that's not because we have the same name. <laughs> no, of course not. It's, uh, no, genuinely, it's not. I, I do think he's a very talented driver. Mm, I enjoyed just... him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'll be watching his, his uh, F3 season with intrigue next year for sure. But yeah, um, so I think it's a move that I think we have to look at. You know, we look. We have to revisit it. I think a year down the road and see how we. I feel about it. it's not even necessarily in Sargent's. Well, I mean, it can be in Sargent's hands. He could he could do himself some absolute favors to stay on and and take on one of the rookies if Albon decides to move on. So there's a few things that aren't quite in his control. And but we we obviously we all agree that he absolutely has to kick on an upper level, uh, maybe even two levels <laughs> next year to uh, have a go again in 25. Yeah, definitely, he needs to be. Going on leaps and bounds, really, to mm. even just, we know he's quick when he wants to be. He just can't find that fine line. Hopefully, Williams have got more of a car that he can lean on to show his abilities next year. Because I, th- I think they want to keep him. 
I think that would be the the right move. Have Logan and then Antonelli. That would be a great lineup for them if they can keep it and fulfil them both to their full potential. But it's up to Logan, really, isn't it? At the end of the day, and how the team sort of can help him find the best of his abilities in the in the car that they provide him provide him with. Oh yeah, like I've no doubt they'll be super supportive of him the entire way, and they'll and which they have been, and they have been, yeah, yeah, absolutely, they have been. And Val's has been honest where he's need to be honest about it, and and that'll continue to be the case. I I I think they've done right by Sargent all season long, even though he wasn't Val's driver choice. Yeah, no, he's still done more than what he needed to, really, hasn't he? Oh yeah, Val's has gone above and beyond for Sargent. No, there's no question about it. He's defended them at every opportunity he can. He's Try to justify every, you know, every everything that he can. They've, you can't say he's not like unlike Nick DeVries, You can't say Sarge has not had the support. Yeah. So, and I think that bodes well. Uh, just and uh, this is what Val said on the uh, on the uh, on the announcement. He said, "I'm pleased to continue our journey with Logan into 2024. Logan has demonstrated immense skill whilst under the pressure of the world stage, making him a perfect fit for our team. We have great confidence in his abilities and believe that together we can achieve even greater success in the upcoming season." Hmm. Um, my my final thoughts on this is I I do have a strong suspicion that regardless of what happens next season I think he's out and I don't know I would I would take a punt on on a Duan or a Djokovic for a year and see how they get on and if if they don't work out then you, you're not obligated to either one of them and you can you could either choose to stay or you can. You could choose to go for your your rookie route or whatever, but I just think I don't know. I just think there's more to be found ultimately in Duan or Djokovic than Sargent. But having a year of experience in the car means an awful lot. Yeah, I personally see personally see the lineup being Djokovic and Antonelli if things go to plan. Because I I would take Djokovic because you know he brings in some good sponsors and obviously has the talent. And will be eager to take any seat that he can get, mm. and will be there for the foreseeable future. Because Aston Martin stand in his way, really. <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, you don't imagine they will, will they? Unless they decide to drop Lance. He's, behind, happen, he's now he? behind Sonoda, I think, for a seat now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm in full full agreement with that. Which you, is disappointing. Which, of course, like of course, this is disappointing for it's, him. It's massive. I, I like it for Yuki. Oh, I'd love I to see a Yuki. For Yuki. I, Yuki be great at Aston Martin. That'd be fantastic. Uh, you say to plan, but like I imagine, keeping Alex Albon would be priority number one if they can, if they have the choice. Of the yeah, I, ideally, I think I think if they could have a perfect lineup, it'd be Albon slash Antonelli slash Duan slash Drogovic. Yeah, like we've we've said for a little bit well, now that that's William Siege will be a coveted one. Yeah, if they get the car right next year, hundred mm. percent. If it's gone back to the back of the grid, then no. But even still, I think it's it's a massive seat to have just for as a rookie. A question on Alex Albon's side of things, because this made you to dictate Sargent's future as well. What offers need to come in for you to leave Williams? It it needs to be a step forward, not a sideways step. You can't go to Haas, um, really. Obviously, that's mm. probably one of the seats that will be available, for sure, I will say. That one is a no-go. Personally, I see the Sauber move as a no-go now. For twenty five or twenty six, to be honest, mm. I know it's a factory team, but I think they're going to be very far behind in terms of what's actually going to be achievable for at least the next four years. Um, 
I would personally be aiming to stay away from Alpine. <laughs> I was wondering. I was that was the one I was wondering at the most. What you'd say? Like, would... I, I think he would take it if the team was going in the right direction, i.e., they bought in someone like James Fowles as a new TP, and that TP was given full responsibility <laughs> well. to run the team and. They actually turn into a normal operation rather than the actual clan show that they are, mm. and you had Gasly as your teammate. That has to. That's the thing. Like, there's no question that Alpine would be a step up. Like, there's there, there's, yeah, there's de- no definitely. two ways about it. That car has been quite quick at times, and of course, it's it got a few podiums and good point scoring here and there. But Albon, ha- I, sorry, uh, Gasly has to be your teammate. There's that's that's all. Like, there's no two ways about it. Like that that just has to be what the the situation is. Yeah, for me anyway. But if he can land on his feet, then I'd say the best move for him is probably either Aston or McLaren. Really. I yeah. don't see him getting another Ferrari, based on what I've seen as of the last two days, but mm. I'll mention that later on. Mm. Um, obviously, the Mercedes boys are tied down. Yeah. And I really doubt that would happen anyway. It would take a major falling out for that to happen. Or Lewis to do a short retirement. And even then, I think this driver's well ahead of him in the packing order. Um and obviously, I doubt he would go back to Red Bull. I doubt it quite a lot. So, and I doubt Red Bull will have him in, even in the top three on their list. So, yeah, Ricardo seems to have moved firmly ahead in that. It is, it's well. Ricardo, Lando, probably Lawson, and then anybody else. Mm-hmm. Probably Hadjar as well in front of him. Yeah. As well. So, it's this. Ideally, Aston or McLaren, but probably it will end up at Alpine or Audi, I think. The Audi one is fascinating, yeah. It's it's fascinating, but I I think that team's in for a complete reset as well, so... Well, that's what next year is, really. Like, again, the car's going to be brand new. Yeah, brand new. I think Bottas retires, personally. I think Joe gets kicked out, Mm -hmm. um, because they weren't too keen on keeping him for a third year anyway. Um, Come on in, this for Ocon. You can enjoy Audi. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think Ocon will leave Alpine. Honestly, hand on heart. And I could see Doing taking that Alpine seat quite happily. <laughs> they'll just they'll, they'll call up Albon before they even call up one of their juniors. Even Martins with the title, they'll they'll still call up Albon before uh, any of their academy drivers. Yeah, true. It's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, like if yeah, my, 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 the Alpine one I think is the one I think that would be the most interesting if he was it was presented to him. But again, he would like Ocon would find a way to not get on with Albon, and that's that's hard to do. Yeah, I can I can see Gasly and Albon getting on. That's the thing because I know they get on. <laughs> Gasly isn't a dick. Yeah, did you notice there? Uh, there's obviously there are several drivers missing from the. Uh, end of season uh, dinner thing that uh, Guan Yu Zhou posted on his socials. Uh, even Stroll was there at this one. But, uh, well, it wasn't in Daniel Ricciardo's photo, Graham. He got cropped out. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Was Ocon there? Ocon was there, but Stroll got cropped out of Daniel Ricciardo's. Wait, no, Ocon wasn't there, was he? No, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry you mean no Stroll. Ocon. Yeah, no yeah, Ocon, and no Alonso Max. was in there, Max was in there. Um, so a few, there were a few um, missing, but I, yeah, I just find it funny that Esteban Ocon's just not there, because, you know, no one likes him. <laughs> well, except unless, unless the name's oh, Lance Stroll. Apart from if you're Lance Stroll, yeah, that's that's true. 
I loved how uh, their F1 posted a little picture of um, it was like a cartoon of um, all the drivers like doing doing various holiday kind of stuff, and you like Bottas getting his arse out and all that. And uh, you I'm, I'm fed up with seeing that. <laughs> and uh, you I had know it's for a good cause in Miami, but fuck me. 150,000 man, they raised. You did well, but I don't want to see it every time. Uh, we had like Ocon like throwing him an alley oop for Gasly, who had like Sonoda on his back, and I'm like, Ocon, stop playing, not playing with Gasly, stop that. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Logan Sargent uh, to get back on that uh, topic. Yeah, Sargent. Yeah, big year for him, of course, and I don't even want, I can't even say it's in his hands because I don't, I don't think it even is. It depends on Antonelli, depends on Albon. Uh, yeah, and even to a lesser extent, uh, he's more responsible. He's more power over future than the uh, the other two Williams drivers and Calipinto and Zach O'Sullivan. Yeah. Unless the one those romps the title, which would be very impressive uh-huh. given the grid we're going to have. But I, I doubt, doubt that'd be the case. Yeah. Right, the big news that came before the Vegas race was that Cadillac announced their intentions to be a seventh power unit supplier in 2028. This is, of course, backing up reaffirming their uh, Andretti their Andretti link and they're all in on this and they've made it clear it's Andretti or nothing so sorry if James Valls that's one of the things that will not be going in your favour <laughs> is is that so they double down on that now this is all entirely independent of course uh, on Andretti actually getting in in the first place which we still know nothing about it's, I'm a little surprised we haven't heard anything since or, uh, Abu Dhabi or in the week afterwards, I, I suspect we'll hear something. That's, well, we'll hear, we'll hear the rejection at some point, and we'll we'll go from there. But uh, any major thoughts on, uh, I guess, Cadillac as an engine manufacturer? I like it. I'm I'm glad they're prepared to to go to this extent, but they shouldn't have to go to this extent mm. to sort of get Andretti in the door. It's, it's as we've said all year, basically, all the last two years, nearly. Nearly, it's completely ludicrous that they're having to go this far. Um, but for me, that basically says to everyone, there is no reason to fucking reject us now. You've got another engine supplier. How can you say no? Why would you say no? You've got a major American brand on board as an engine manufacturer. Come on. Does it feel to Jesus. you that the longer this drags out, the more the, the more chance that maybe they get accepted? Surely if they're going to re- yeah, get rejected, that, that... do you think we will have heard something by now? Yeah. I don't think we hear anything till the new year, just because I can imagine they're fire on my, one massive Christmas party right now. But <laughs> they've earned it, man. Have they? They deserve it, have they? <laughs> I don't think they have, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would, you'd be probably right saying they wouldn't have. They would have said something by now, surely. This is where we go. We post this tomorrow, and then oh yeah, FIA <laughs> rejects it. Reject. <laughs> F1 rejects. FIA is very on board, of course. Um, yeah. So despite that, he, Ben Suliam is on the naughty list. <laughs> as always. Yeah. When is he not on Wa- the naughty list? Yeah, water is wet. Uh, of course, despite the Cadillac uh, and their announcement, there is still opposition, of course. Why wouldn't there be? Whoa, calling me shocked. Yeah, uh, this is from I mean, from Keith Collentine and racefans.net. Is what Fred Vasseur had to say. He said, I think every single new engine supplier is welcome in the F1, but it's not the same story as the 11 team. It's two separate questions. I think the real question is on the engine suppliers and we can have a new engine supplier. 
again, I'm sorry to burst the, the bubble there, but I, I, I don't think Cadillac are particularly interested in providing engines for anyone else other than their partner, Andretti. But. So, uh, then, where is, I had a quote from Vowels. Uh, he said, GM, I think, is a good company to bring to our sport. We have no discussions with them, but I just think they're the sort of company, the sort of OEM that will grow our sport as a result of things. But my view hasn't changed on an additional 11 team, fundamentally. It's still about the finances of Williams, which is where my focus is. Mm. And that is, not, this is, that is a, that is a, uh, that is no departure from the tune that Vals has been singing. It's always in, in Williams' yeah, best interest, and if it's not, then he's against it, and if it is, then he's for it vehemently. Yeah, which I can understand. It's just which is fine. That's the job he's brought to do, and he's done a good job of that. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, 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 his is the only team I can sort of really understand because he's had the same tune the entire time. Well, he's actually come out and given an actual reason for for it, where like and spent time deliberating it and debating it with Sky Sports even for for instance like he's actually given a reason it's like we we don't think that it's actually feasible like we, we there's nothing to suggest that this would actually help us as a whole and that we're uh, other multiple F1 teams are still facing losses at the moment and will continue to face losses if another team will come in whether you agree with that or not is another thing but like at least he's that's a that's an actual like I feel like that's an actual reason than the just nonsensical stuff that we've heard from other uh, teams and such yeah, literally. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it'd be great. Of course, uh, we, we our opinions on this are uh, fairly, uh, fairly well, known, uh, well known that we'd like to see an eleven team. Uh, we don't have to pay the bills, so <laughs> well, I'm all for it. So yeah, yeah, come we'll at s- me, bro. Yeah, we'll see how that works. I, I, yeah, look, we'll, again, uh, well, I was just gonna park until we get the rejection. We can just yeah, can go. yeah, then we can go mental. Yeah, yeah. Until then, just yeah. But uh, do you think that was a, that was a big development? Certainly. Uh, obviously, the US Grand Prix happened a while ago. Of course, the one at the Circuit of the Americas. Really? Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a while ago. Now at this stage, I don't remember that. Mm. Well, what actually happened in that race? Stuff. Things happened in that race. Yeah, definitely. What those things were, I can't quite remember. I do remember a uh, review at the end of it. Of course, uh, sorry, I remember a review two weeks later. After actually, now that I think about it, uh, a right review. Of course, was instigated by Haas, and mm. one that was a. Uh, well, quite uh, comprehensively thrown out and uh, just, uh, yeah, uh, kind of compacted and, uh, yeah, thrown out uh, elaborately. But uh, it did prompt something that Gunter Steiner was pleased with. It was uh, obviously FIA looking to tighten up their right of review procedure in the future. We uh, Some of the things there we actually talked about after the Carlos Sainz uh, situation back in Australia. That's even longer. So I'm reading from Motorsport.com and from Adam Cooper, who reported on this back in, oh gosh, November 14th. Yeah, it has been a minute. So the window for asking for a review after an event, it will be shortened from the current 14-day period to or four, uh, to four days or 96 hours. <laughs> much better. Much, much better. Not going to be faffing around for two weeks. Four days, 96 hours. Brilliant. Immediately. Which is enough. That's yeah. perfect. Like you, You'll know pretty quickly if you want to do it or not. Mm. In addition, a fee will be introduced, whereas currently there is no charge. Excellent. Repercussions for nonsense. I'm all for it. Uh, because teams will just throw uh, appeals willy-nilly without any sort of financial... It's like a, it's like like a, if you appeal a red you used to, if you used to appeal a red card and you got if you were rejected you failed it was a four game ban. Yeah. Consequence uh, for nonsense. 
the, the plan for uh, yeah, so that was the basic escape by Haas. Uh, do, 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 do. So yeah, uh, obviously the other Rai reviews. Obviously, uh, Aston Martin successful with theirs in Saudi Arabia, and I don't remember the McLaren one from Canada. No, I must have done with track limits. Anyways, uh, normally, normally is, isn't it? This will uh, this will be yeah. This will obviously go through the framework and be approved. Uh, the fee, uh, the cost of the appeal is uh, apparently currently. Uh, the number I'm seeing here is 6,000 euros. The fee equivalent to the cost of an appeal uh, will be introduced. Okay. That'll be refunded only if the Rye review is upheld. Makes sense. Which does make sense. So, yeah, I think that's a good change. Something small, hmm. but just, yeah, there's no need for 14 days. So, yeah, happy, happy with that. That's a well done, Gunter Steiner. Uh, it was a nonsense. Uh, it was a nonsense review that was never going to get the uh, result you wanted, but it has resulted in improvement as a result. So, yeah. Now, whether that was the whether that was the actual sole intention, as he said, I don't quite agree with. But anyway, uh, it's it's what he's getting, nevertheless. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, we talked about it a few weeks ago. There's a lot of, you know, we obviously we obviously like the phrase "no smoke without fire," and Aston Martin. There were some interesting, spicy rumors about Lawrence Stroll maybe selling the team. Yeah. Well, it wasn't entirely far from the truth. He has sold a stake of the Aston Martin team at twenty-four. Uh, sorry, it was a twenty-five percent stake, I believe, to. A ramp. I wonder who. Uh, you, you wouldn't guess who it's from, actually. It's uh, funny enough. Uh, it was actually. Yeah, the t- yeah go on. <laughs> the, the team, the, the the team that basically has their name plastered all over the car, anyway. Cars, other circuits, etc. Um, F one, yeah, yeah. Is of course uh, a Ramco who uh, got themselves a twenty five percent stake for one billion dollars. One billion, which is of course. Uh, quite a bit more than the 725 million that uh, the 24% stake for Alpine went earlier this year, of course. Yeah, and quite a lot more than what Lawrence Stroll bought the team for. I'm saying bought the entire team for. <laughs> yeah, well, look, desperation creates uh, opportunity, doesn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah. But, anyways, they, now they're reaffirming their commitment to F1, of course. Uh, they're, yeah, they're they're kind of saying it's not Lawrence Stroll looking to get out. Uh, do you think it's Lawrence Stroll trying to get out, or just a bit of extra cash money to plough into something? What do you think uh, from this sort of side of things from Aston Martin? I think it's money to put towards other projects, not just F one. I think uh, he's sort of looking at the big picture. You know what Lawrence is like; he's his businessman at the end of the day. And if uh, money can be made, he will make money. So <laughs> very true. And obviously, they're entering into. Into whack in 2025 anyway, so uh, yeah. this money could go towards that, I guess, and getting possibly more than one car into work. Yeah, for 20, yeah, 2025, yeah, it won't be long. And then. obviously, um, Max and Alonso are, are talking about whack and doing I, a lot of run in I the future. Did see so that. Know. Yeah, I did see that um, from the Honda PR day that they did on Sunday. Uh, Verstappen was saying they need to find like a really small, light driver for the third driver. Anthony he's, Davidson. Because he's quite, for something he's quite heavy. Yeah. So Chunky boy. Yeah, he said Alonso's fine, but we need to find someone. Uh, get, get Yuki, man. Grab, grab Yuki and away you go. Yeah, they should do that, an F1 All-Stars team. Oh, 
That'd be great. That'd be great. That would that would motivate the wet guys to kick their ass as well. That's what I mean. You know, you'd have like stars like Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, and Logan Sargent. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, they bring out Luca Badur. Oh my God! Yeah, sixty-year-old, odd-year-old Luca Badur. Yeah, lover. Yeah, they get loved about twenty million times. Jesus. Well, I mean, for, but for the other, you know, for the other. 18 hours or so that you know the other guys are in or 12 hours be flying 14 hours i don't know what hmm. i don't know what the breakdown is uh 24 by 3 8 that's, the, that's, the, that's how that works <laughs> yeah maths maths yes hard i don't I don't enjoy it uh other than that uh what, oh yeah we got so the pirelli uh, yes yeah, so we couldn't have a podcast i talked about pirelli of course uh, <laughs> they're targeting i know we mentioned this briefly but they are targeting a reduction in the tires and the tire weight to uh, for 2026 so the okay. uh, yeah <clears throat> the idea is to kind of drop down a bit i believe it's to i guess it's in the 14 to 16 range in terms of uh, inches of course and, uh, up from the 13 of course from previous era and obviously down from the current 18 that we currently have but it's just an effort to try and save some Save some weight, because these cars, as everyone agrees, are too heavy. They are. Far too heavy. So we'll see how they get on with that. Uh, we also know, of course, that they are not changing the tires at all next year. That the Shock. Uh, so, yeah. So the postseason Abu Dhabi Pirelli test was useless. And when there is red flags and stuff on, uh, and a chance for testing to be extended by about 25 minutes, the team said no. <laughs> No, so brilliant stuff. Uh, they also have announced their uh, compounds for Australia already next year. Yeah, first three. And uh, they are taking the softest compound available to them to Australia next year. Great. Can't so, wait for a one-stop race. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the tire blowing up in... Uh, where's a good place for it to kill tires early in the season? Oh, China. Will be Australia. Or Australia, yeah. With these high speed. I look for and then the new tire that'll be brought in for Silverstone will be uh will be good. Hmm. So I look forward to that. Shit. Uh right. Yeah. Uh McLaren. Uh, there's a a bucket, shall we say, of McLaren news to get through. So let's start at the main one. Uh over the course of the Abu Dhabi uh, Grand Prix weekend, uh, McLaren announced their commitment to Mercedes for another five years to go up to twenty thirty. Now we talked quite a lot earlier this, or quite uh, it was early in the year, that they were quite publicly shopping around for an engine supplier. They were definitely chatting to a lot of different people, so and they weren't quite mm. sure where they were going to go. Clearly, they had some interest in other checking out other teams. In the end, they decided to stick with Mercedes. So, which Zach Brown has described as brilliant and reliable. So. He said, we've been successful together both in the last three seasons and when they previously powered the team, so we look forward to the success to come as we continue our journey to fight Sicily at the front of the grid. Now, you'd wonder, just before we get into the McLaren side of things, you'd wonder why Mercedes would agree to this, of course, given that McLaren have been much quicker than them in, in the second half of the season using their engines. But that, to, to that notion, Toto Wolff says that supplying a rival team like McLaren has its advantages. Uh, he says hmm. McLaren have been fierce and fair competitors since 2021 especially in the second half of this season McLaren's strong performance underlined the importance of transparent and equal supply to all cluster teams in the sport if you wish to achieve the goal 
uh, if we wish to achieve the goal of 10 teams capable of fighting for podium finishes. It gives a clear competitive benchmark, accelerates our technical learning, and strengthens the overall F1 business case for Mercedes-Benz. Now, I'd interpret that as, oh, look, this team can go this fast with, it, with our engine. What is the problem with our car? Because we're not going that fast, and we have the yeah. same engine. <laughs> it was my thoughts, exactly. So, yeah, Aston Martin and McLaren doing that this year to uh, Mercedes to... Uh, yeah, I have I have thoroughly enjoyed the customer teams being quicker than uh, the uh, factory team at different stages this year. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that that has been great, especially at the start of the end of the season. Obviously, Mercedes finished ahead of both of them in the end, but I still think that's funny. Uh, but well, any any massive thoughts on the continuation of this uh, partnership between Mercedes and McLaren? Just found it strange that they would agree to it, considering they were looking to leave. But yeah, it's. Uh... Not surprising at the same time. I think it's a perfectly fine basket to put your eggs in for a engine uh, engine regulation change coming up. Mm. They're, they're, I would say they are less likely to have the same success with this than obviously 2014, given that there's quite a bit of carryover for, for these engines. But even still, uh, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, I think it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Mercedes, it's not the same... Uh, you know, power units, uh, powerhouse that, that one that, that once used to be, but it's still a very competitive engine. It's very reliable now. It's it's definitely the probably the, well. I know the Red Bull had a pretty good year reliability wise, but uh, I'd say over the course of the two years, it's been the most reliable engine by far. Mm, it does so, and that always bodes well. You you know to finish first, first you have to finish, and it's simple simple enough, but true. And so with Mercedes, they have a good chance to do that and have decent performance. Well, good performance, I would say. Average. Yeah, I think it's, well, I mean, yeah. It's not the best, but it's definitely... Could be worse. Not Alpine. No, it's not Alpine. Absolutely. Uh, Right. And then after that, uh, what happens next? So, oh, yeah, I did did really enjoy McLaren uh, luring Monster Energy as a a sponsor from Mercedes. That also was very enjoyable. uh, It's funny. To uh, to see, so well done. Uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be very weird. Do you think Lewis Hamilton still gets his uh, his flavor monster? Yeah, he's still staying on. It's just Mercedes that have lost monster. Okay, Actually, yeah, Lewis Lewis is staying on. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Fourteen seasons, the team uh, were monster part of uh, Mercedes. Hmm. I wonder and- who they're going to get in Red Bull. <laughs> Could, you, Could imagine? you imagine? Imagine and energy. Probably Luna Lucas Day would be great. Lucas Aid, obviously a return they for Rich Energy. They sponsor many people. Lucas Aid? Yeah. Not like, I know they do Lucas Aid Sporters, but like Lucas Aid itself. Hmm. Never really see that one, but I guess they try and keep it as an off brand. Think? Go get Rich Energy back. I mean, the receipt is already black, so. Yeah, yeah, might as well. If you remember Hype Energy? Maybe, probably Rockstar. Oh, Rockstar, Rockstar could you Energy. imagine? Yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. Anyway, I do. So I, I, yeah, that was great. I just enjoyed that. Oh wait, I know what they'll do. They'll they'll lose um, Lewis' new um, non-alcoholic beverages. Their um, drinks partner now. It's made out of cactuses. It's meant to taste like it's alcoholic, but it's not. It's great. Is it? I've never heard of this before. Yeah, it's, he's been advertising it a few times, and he did, of course, did a. A drinks making session at Vegas for it. <clears throat> Terrible. 
Well, have you tried it? No, and I don't intend to, because when I have an alcoholic drink, I want it to be fucking alcoholic, <laughs> not fucking non-alcoholic. You could be driving, you know, it's Christmas, you could be on the road. What's the point in that? <laughs> to not die when you're driving home? Nah, it's all part of the fun. <laughs> uh, don't drink and drive, kids. It's not worth, it's not worth it. Yeah. When you drink, don't drive, as Heineken once said. I will only listen if Jackie Stewart comes out with that message to me. That's that's my only uh Yeah. That's the only reason that's that's the only way I'll listen. Uh I will say there was a great hire that McLaren had as well that I'm all for. They hired uh, Stephanie Carlin to join as their F one business operations director. Yeah, that one sort of surprised me that she would leave her family's team, but I think it's a massive step up. Well, absolutely. Like, it's, yeah, like, obviously, she definitely come real to the forefront here of uh, Rhoda and Carlin the last year, year and a half. And, like, she was the, you know, the face on the on the pit wall and all of that. So, yeah, I am, in some ways, I am surprised to see her leave that role because she was, could not be, like, her, her husband's obviously Trevor Carlin, who, like, it's, you know, very much involved. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, of course, they, they tried to get an F1 themselves, so. Yeah. Obviously, she wants to go into F1 so well she's got us imagine yeah and you know obviously uh, Callum obviously very supportive of that so yeah uh, I think it's a great hire uh, Stephanie Callum's great so yeah I think that's uh, yeah May 2022 she took over a uh, deputy team principal and she was part of the reason for their driver lineup as well she was the one that decided it before she became deputy team principal as well hmm she, yeah, that's good. She would have that's worked across all their teams, by the way. Yeah, like well, they have quite a long storied history. Uh, I mean, from motorsport.com here and Jonathan Noble, who listed some of the accolades of uh, Carlin. Uh, I saw F1: four hundred seventy race victories and thirty titles since nineteen ninety nine across F four, F three, F two, Indy Lights, Indy, sorry, Indy Lights, Indy Car, uh, ELMS, and Asian Le Mans series. And promoted thirty more than thirty drivers to F one. Yep. Uh, Lando Norris was one of the uh, more recent ones. Of course, not been very many recently, but yeah, he was the last one. Uh, where was Sarge? Was Sergeant not Carlin? He was. He was. It was him and Lawson. Mm. Yeah, and they both in. So yeah, I think it's a great hire. Uh, I think that's a that's a good one. So yeah, I, I I'm disappointed to see her leave Carlin because she had a. Prominent role there, but yeah, McLaren come knocking. It's hard to hard to say no to that. So a good hire, right? The juicy McLaren stuff, like I mean, and I mean juicy. I mean real juicy. Uh, yeah, sort of stuff we've been waiting to happen. Mm. If you're referring to what I think you're referring oh, to, oh, absolutely. Uh, um, are we going to the land of Spain by any chance? Spain, America, wherever you want them. Everyone, well, you want to view it. It's the saga that continues to keep giving. It's the Alpine of IndyCar. It's Alex Pillow. Uh, where, where do we start with a context? Just for a very quick history on this. Uh, Alex Pillow signed up to drive for McLaren uh, for their IndyCar outfit. Chip Ganassi then uh, decided to push back on that and they filed their own lawsuit. And Pillow had to honour the contract and drove this year in, in IndyCar. Uh, and was going to jump ship to McLaren in, for 2024 for IndyCar, and then decide halfway through the season that he wasn't going to do that. And, yep, 
Double Dash won a dominant title despite all of that hanging over him. But I have to imagine the cloud that hangs over him next year is going to be a lot bigger than it was this season. So, whew, uh, the Associated Press of ESPN, uh, uh, sorry, and ESPN, uh, first kind of broke this this down uh, of the details of some of the legal matters now that is coming from the Alex Pillow versus versus McLaren and some of the details are very interesting indeed so let's read through this first and then we'll kind of talk about some mistakes uh, but the core of it is now Polo admits the breach of contract and that's a massive absolutely Huge. massive implication uh, and admission that it's yeah they decide they were going to fight this out legally and now he is absent now. Now he's admitted he is in the wrong. He has breached the contract, and this has massive ramifications. So let's get into the the why uh, he decided to renege on his original agreement. Uh, according to the filings, uh, which the Associated Press review uh, got their hands on last week, uh, last Monday, uh, Pelo said he changed his mind about joining McLaren ahead of 2024 season when he quote lost trust and confidence that McLaren genuinely intends to support his ambition to race in Formula One series and decided to continue racing with Chip Ganassi Racing in the IndyCar series instead. Pelo quote therefore admits that he renounced his contractual obligations end quote. To, with McLaren and the re, and quote the real issue between the parties is to the quantum of any damages which the defendants are liable to pay. So it's now it's not that he's not wrong, it's now that he is wrong and now it's like how much they need to pay in return. Yeah. Now we know of course from earlier uh, not too long ago the uh, the fee and damages that McLaren are looking for is $23 million. Which is a big chunk of change that I'm sure Alex Plow does not have. I'm sure Alex Plow is well paid, but I suspect... But not $23 million sat lying around anyway. Yeah. I think he even has $23 million worth of assets. So it's not an F1 driver at the end of the day. That is a problem. And he's not been in IndyCar for the longest of times either. So uh, here's and there's a breakdown of where these uh, where McLaren have got that number from. So first of all, there's a four hundred thousand dollar advance on his twenty twenty four salary. Uh, so there's that. There's also massive sponsorship uh, money that is McLaren looking to obviously have compensated. Uh, they're seeking a fifteen and a half million dollars lost revenue under the official partner agreements with sponsors NTT Data and General Motors that anticipated Pelot would be the driver including $7 million in, pro- in revenue and prize money from IndyCar itself. Hmm. Uh, there's another quote from the filings, uh, which said, This claim is embarrassing for want of particularly speculative in the extreme. The performance of any team in a future IndyCar series cannot be predicted with any degree of certainty. Driver performance is variable. Uh, the response also disputes McLaren's claim to lost revenues that Plow, quote, would otherwise have earned in relation to the Formula One series. End quote. It argues that claim would only be valid if Plower actually F- McLaren's F- McLaren F1 driver and notes that Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri are under contract to 2025 and 2026. The response also says that if Plow were an F1 driver, all the claims of IndyCar financial losses would be moot. Okay. So there was that. Uh, as well as that, yeah, so some of the 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 NTT uh, sponsorship six point nine and then reasonsmotorsport.com now uh, from 
let me just check it. It is Jonathan Noble. Uh, it's... Uh, no, it's Charles Bradley actually with this one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, six point nine million split into his annual sponsor fee, with just over three million and three point nine million in the, uh, for the appearances at three F one races and sponsorship of its Indy Series Engineering Center. McLaren also claims that it will lose one point five million dollars over three years in team support via sponsorship agreements with General Motors. Uh, obviously, seven million as we mentioned for the expected prize money, merchandise, and sponsorship agreements. Uh, yeah, and about well, 2.8 million on wasted expenditure on driver supports, including F1 sim runs, etc. So the only thing, the only contentious one I could really see is the subjectivity on prize money and revenue. The rest of that, sponsor, sim running, etc., track days, of course, they had in the 2021 car. You'd have to say McLaren have a fair, especially now that he's admitted this. Pelo is on the hook for an awful lot here. So I don't know what the final total of this 23 million is actually going to have to pay. But I imagine quite a large amount of it. Which, yeah, that's going to be a big-ass problem. Now, whether he and uh, McLaren and Chip Ganassi will help settle that. I'm sure Chip Ganassi will help float some uh, cash towards this as well. If they are, for however, for however, whatever much they are found to be in, uh, to be liable to return to McLaren. But, oof. It's, bad. it's a bad look all around, this whole situation for Pelot, both sides, uh, really, in terms of like how he handled the Ganassi stuff and then obviously decided he was staying there and yeah, and then now turning back on McLaren. That's a lot, a lot. Could you imagine if he goes back on this whole thing again? <laughs> and goes to McLaren anyway? That would be funny. Yeah, that would uh, that would that'd be fitting, wouldn't it, I think, to be fair. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on on this as a whole? How much does it affect affect Pelos maybe twenty twenty four in terms of this legal case now hanging over him? Uh, do you think like what's what's your general thought on all of this and this admission now? I, I I just think this is a whole mess that could have been avoided if he didn't commit early on, when it was quite clearly clear that he wasn't in front of a Pato anyway for F one priorities. Um, I would argue against that that he'd actually moved ahead of quite easily ahead of Pato. I, I disagree. I think they were level pegging. Obviously, this has moved on a bit this year. I think it would have been quite clearly clear of Pato if he'd have stuck it out. Um, but it's just a mess that could have been avoided if he'd have been honest with McLaren and said, "I, d- I just don't see this project is for me anymore," rather than sort of just ghosting it all and just making a mess of it and it's just a distraction for him for next year now i i personally think it's something he could have easily avoided like i've said but now his whole 2024 season is just going to be a continuous mess and constant barrage of questions being asked the third year in a row now yeah yeah exactly something that needs to be put to bed so hopefully they can get put it put it to bed over the winter break and get it sorted and um, basically, he's made his bed now, so he's got to lie in it and just sort of take it on the chin. If I was Chip Ganassi, I wouldn't be helping him with any like fronting in the money because he's already shit on me once. There's possibility he could do it again. If you do something like that to me, I wouldn't trust you ever again. Even if you just won me a title, it's <laughs> it still wouldn't sit well with me. So I'm just like, I, I don't know. He, he's I, th- I think he's made an enemy out of something that he didn't really need to make an enemy out of. 
it's just I think he saw something shiny and new and he wasn't winning the title that year and sort of agreed to something and sort of overcommitted and then sort of seen that he's been doing too well with um, IndyCar and then McLaren doors have closed because of the Piastri and obviously Norris looks like he's going to stay now if things go well because the car's turning good and it's just oh, it's frustrating because I like Pelot but I just think he's completely blown all chances of getting into F1 now because I think teams won't take the risk on him because A you've got all this mess to deal with anyway and like I said I don't see them trusting him because of all this mess mm. so he's basically resounded himself to WEC or IndyCar or IMSA which is fine no, I mean he can be very nobody wants to drive an IMSA <laughs> he's still very successful in IndyCar he can, but it's just when you've done it once. Like, well, the th- the thing is, he clearly wanted to get to F one. That was clear, like that was very clear, and that was a big reason I think for him joining McLaren. And like you mentioned, the, yeah, the like I think it's not even the Norris thing; it's the the Piastri thing. The Piastri coming up and jumping the queue, I think, was a massive insult for him. And it was, but do you blame McLaren? No, not because I don't. I I completely under if I was. I completely understand, and I would basically place my bets on replacing Norris because that's probably what he would have done if things had gone sideways of Lando, or I'd have been shopping around. Once you've got you footing your door with one team, it opens the door up to another. If I was Williams, I'd have signed him up personally over Sergeant because I think he's more talented than Sergeant. But, um, yeah, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's that age-old age old thing. Like you're not going to leave Ganassi yeah, for a Williams. Like that's. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I wouldn't yeah, anyways. This I, I personally, what if Williams move up the grid again next year? It's all it's all ifs and buts, and that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's a gamble, complete gamble. The... Some people come out winning, and other people come out losing. These come out losing. Here. I mean, yeah, like it is, race. it's also like you do gamble a lot with this, like you, you hope that where you stay or you go ends up being the right place to be. We've seen Alonso on the wrong side of that. We've seen Hamilton on the right side of that. We've seen Ricardo on the wrong side of that. Uh, we've seen for the first time in a long time Alonso on the right side of that this year with Aston Martin. It is, you know, Jensen Button ended up famously, obviously, reneging on his Williams agreement and it was the best decision he could have made for his career. Not immediately, of course. Uh, the 07, 08 Hondas were a uh, very, 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 oh, very poor. But obviously, 2009 came around the corner, and Button is immortalizing all of time for his part, of course, in the Braun story, which I actually haven't even watched the uh, Disney Plus uh, thing on that yet. Me either. So, but that's, that's it is all, yeah, it is, it is guesswork at times. Pelot, just very quickly with a Pelot moving ahead of uh, Pacho, I think that definitely did happen at the end of 22, and reflective in, uh, obviously, McLaren. Being the like Pato, or Pelo being the one that McLaren put in the car and continued to give the 2021 car run, obviously in his in his name as well. I think he firmly moved Which ahead is of also Pato. Why Pato was a bit sour about staying with McLaren and stuff. Well, he should be because he was very like he was with them for longer, and they went outside of uh, the the group, so to speak, or the the stable uh, to bring someone who definitely was ahead of him. And now it's like, well, you're stuck with me in a sense. Like now this Polo thing has kicked off, and it's, it's, with Pat is like, yeah, we, we, you're kind of just stuck with me now. And there's no, if there's no progression for Polo in F1, then I'm sorry, there's none for Pato. As, as you know, as, as there's a lot of, there's 
massive argument to be had that the his driving style, the fast hands, doesn't work. It won't. It wouldn't work in F one. It may like no, no. This era of car. If you're talking like Schumacher's old Ferrari, then sure, maybe, but yeah. n- not like not like this. He'd have to adapt, and it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the same Pato. That's that's the thing. I, I don't think Pato was that great last year. To be honest, should have won the Indy five hundred. But anyway. He should have won a couple of races. Hello, should have as well. Didn't. <laughs> a couple of mistakes. There was a lot of mistakes and a lot of driving in the moment, immature errors. Long Beach. Um, I think it was Long Beach. Or was it? Was it Detroit as well, where he basically had got damaged and then basically was just sending it because he didn't give a shit, and then ended up crashing out because he went for a stupid move. It was. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So in a race that Pelo absolutely dominated <laughs> again. One we'll, of we'll many. But yeah, I just think Pelot definitely moved ahead. But the Piastri thing definitely was a slam and the slam the door in his face. Yeah. And he, if he felt he wasn't like, yeah, he felt he wasn't getting the F one progression. I still would have stayed at McLaren though and just done it. Like, yeah, your your option may have closed for a few years, but it now it's closed forever with this decision. I mean, it's only if well, McLaren that's... are a slow operation in the IndyCar either. I, I think he would have earned more respect if he'd gone to McLaren and won the title with them. Yeah. Again, obviously, it's all right doing it with the same team over and over again, which are proven to win. If you went to McLaren, who are a new team in IndyCar, and took them to the front and won the title, then that speaks different volumes to me. But obviously, no, that's that boat has sailed, and they've got fucking David Malukas in instead. Yeah. Level to levels to this game. Yeah, I, it very look. Sometimes it is like, it is forty chess at times, and Palo has looked very average in his decision making here. He's looked poor from both sides. Uh, I know there are people that are unhappy with Zach Brown and his role in things and how he can yeah, operate. Yeah, Zach's been a bit of a snake in it. I'll be honest, but but not all down to him. Palo is just like yeah, like he's forgiven from Ganassi because he's won the title since he's gone like he's obviously like yeah i'll come back to you guys and uh, but like rebuilding that trust is no mean thing like to be to i'm sure they would have felt snubbed and hurt by the fact that he, he wanted to leave and then it's like oh you're coming back okay no it's fine because they won the title now but some people won't forget that and mclaren thing yeah like like good luck getting back inside that door again uh, yeah exactly where else like unless you'd like unless he's willing to go to an alpha tarry for a progression there that's literally like he's gonna if he wants to get to F one, it's it's gonna have to be with a Williams or an AlphaTauri or an Alpine or a random Spanish team. Yeah, or a Campos, you know, get Campos in. No, that, that, that's it. That's the only way I see him getting in. But uh, yeah, I, again, I whether there was a room for him to begin with when Piastri got involved is another story. But it, there's a chance somewhere down the road. With this now, there is no chance. And yeah, the financial. Uh, Complications, uh, what like it's a lot of money, and if he has the money, then fair enough. But it's, I don't see it. It's a lot of money. It's an awful lot of money if that's the if that's what he's on the hook for. Which he's now he's admitted the breach of contract. That's that's extremely damaging. It's the entire like it's now in McLaren's. So much power lies with them now. Yeah, it really does. They're about to make bank. Oh, they are. So yeah, juicy one, juicy one to say the least. Uh, and yeah, an interesting twist in the Polo saga, which will yeah, drag into next year, I'm sure. Whether that will affect mm. how much that will affect his title defense will be very interesting to see. But uh, yeah. I imagine 
McLaren didn't McLaren just, just interested to let this drag out for as long as possible if they could drag it into the new year and new season then happy days yeah it's good for them yeah absolutely uh, right we have some Alpine news uh, we have to. We, yes, we do. We do have to. Uh, but we'll have the last laugh, so don't worry. Uh, for, first of all, they abandoned their uh, engine equalization push. That happened in November. Yeah. They decided it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm reading from motorsport.com. And I wish I could say this guy's name Alex Kalakanakis. I, I hope that. Yeah. I, I, apologies. <laughs> I'm butchering that. But, anyways. Uh, understood that Alpine has withdrawn a series of proposed upgrades at its current uh, engine knocking the full support from rival teams which led to the, F- to the FIA assessment of the situation being closed in July Motorsport.com first reported that the topic of engine equalization had been put before the F1 commission after an FIA analysis of the performance levels of the current frozen specification of power units indicated that Alpine's Renault engine is approximately 15 to 25 kilowatts or 20 to, 20 to 33 horsepower down on its closely matched rivals, Ferrari, Mercedes, and Honda. The FIA called this a notable performance gap in the statement released. The governing body went on to state that the F1 Commission had discussed ways to remedy this discrepancy, and that the power unit manufacturers represented at the Commission agreed to give a mandate to the Power Unit Advisory Committee to consider this topic and bring proposals back to the Commission. This, of course, as the situation as we left it last, so to speak. Mm-hmm. This move followed the FIA checking engine performance levels over the first half of 2023, as had been agreed upon the start of the power unit cycle uh, in 2022, this year would mark a point where engines could possibly be altered. This would be done to avoid a major performance difference being locked in for an extended period. But for any changes to go ahead for any manufacturer, any engine manufacturer, the required what has been framed as a good faith agreement, <laughs> thought something of that one, uh, apparently arranged between all the teams and Elgin engine builders back in 2021 when the engine freeze was first agreed. At the Qatar Grand Prix last month, interim Alpine team principal Bruno Fama said there had been no progress on the engine equalisation plan and that for his squad, priority number one was to have a good 2026 power unit when the when F1's next engine and chassis rules reset occur. But it can now be revealed that Alpine has since requested that any move to consider future changes to ensure engine parity across the field under the current rule cycle be abandoned and this has been accepted by the FIA. Alpine is understood to have decided that since it has become clear the team did not have the full support from its rivals, despite what had been despite what had previously been arranged under the good faith understanding. It was better to direct any resources it could have spent on improving the output of the current engine instead of its work on the 2026 engine. So I think that's a. I, it's, I'm glad in the sense that they haven't been completely blinded by you know the engine talks in the future or the engine and rules reset in the future by spending current time on this engine which is going to go out the into the skip in a few years yeah that's great so i guess something has prevailed and i don't think it's any coincidence that we've seen their top speed stuff be quite impressive in uh brazil and vegas yeah it was it wasn't bad at all yeah. obviously gasly was very far up in uh vegas yeah and in brazil for that matter they weren't too bad in top speeds now, obviously, like we know that you know, part of it is obviously the profile of the car, and you make a setup choice to to have a bit less less drag. But even still, you know they're still hitting good numbers. So I, you know, it's not it's not like a McLaren Honda situation. Oh no, 
Definitely not. So there is that. So yes, congratulations, Alpine, for abandoning that. Uh, well done to you all. Uh, I did have to laugh because of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix weekend. Obviously, Alpine's been a shambles. We know that much. It's but that's uh, yeah. that's been the case. <clears throat> we had two things that were fantastically funny. I thought um, there. <laughs> so Davide Brivio, who is uh, what is his? Hold on, let me find his uh, his official job title that he currently holds with a. Uh, with Renault, but or with Alpine rather, uh, but apparently he's uh, leaving. He's jumping ship to go back to uh, Honda in MotoGP for 2024. <coughs> that. So I love that because yeah, it's com- just completely jumped the ship. Uh, so brilliant stuff. Uh, team manager, yeah, he was team manager with uh, Suzuki in MotoGP before. Yeah, but has a subs- Honda. But has a substantial uh, substantial role with Alpine. So he's off, and then you had Pat Fry who now. Uh, is now Williams is now chief technical officer, who said Alpine lacked enthusiasm and drive to progress in F1, which is brilliant. That's I love. It. Like I, I love to hear from a fa- from a manufacturer that there wasn't enough drive and motivation uh, and enthusiasm to go forward. That's that's what you want to hear. Yeah. So I just thought that was that was, was uh, just very funny stuff. So good stuff, Alpine all round. Uh, have to love that. Couple of knickknacks uh, for 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 entries. Obviously, we know we talked briefly about the racing bulls. <laughs> it still hasn't been announced. I don't know when that will be. Mm, no, probably not till the new year. Just yeah, I, I color me interested. I will say uh, as to what that car is going to look like and how similar it is to other cars on the grid and. What on earth were they abbreviated to? We'll find some abbreviation in testing, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But anyways, the RBs maybe. And the RB. That's so. It's so. Oh, that was. That's Red Bull, and it's they call the car the RB, and I don't know what we're going to do. It's it's nonsense. It's nonsensical. We can agree on that much at least. But speaking of though, uh, of paint recolors, so obviously know Sauber is going to be obviously changing color schemes to move away from Alfa Romeo. They've promised heritage. Which, Football heritage? Well, the heritage for a livery. Yeah, I was, it, was, it was a Jose Mourinho joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, it went over my head. But uh, that's very exciting because I was a... Now, I don't know how many people listening remember <clears> the, uh, the, the 2000 Sabres, but I loved those. I loved that. You're talking car. about the, the blue. The navy and the teal... Yeah, I, I really those. like them. I, I don't know if I like Bottas and Joe in them livery in that, but yeah, that that will be strange. It's a shame Raikkonen's not around still. That would be that would be yeah, much more or Felipe baby, or Felipe. Yeah, but I would love that. Don't don't go back. No, it's not the it's not the worst livery in the world. In the world, the 2012, 2013 one. That's not awful. The blue and gold was nice. I really liked the blue and gold. Oh, 2017. That was a good one. Mm. But I would love to see a return to the 90s, <laughs> 2000s Sauber. That would be fantastic. This is where it's pink. <laughs> or black. I think the original Sauber was plain black. Oh, God. Which I think, I think it was 1993. Or something, or something similar to that. But yeah, they used to have Mercedes engines as well. Just uh, I thought before that was interesting. But yeah, so I'm excited for that prospect. I'm I'm prepared to be let down. But anyway, I thought that was very exciting. Uh, hmm. Other uh, 
how much do you know about the F1 prize money that uh, gets handed out for each position? I don't. Well, would you like to know what position gives how much estimated cash money? I would love to hear cash money. Mm. So, for first place, apparently it's 140 million. Okay, uh, and it kind of goes down the scale from that. Uh, you can't get the, you can't get the idea how it goes. So second place, be Mercedes get one hundred thirty one million, uh, Ferrari get one hundred twenty two, McLaren one hundred thirty three, one hundred thirteen, uh, nine million. So essentially, yeah, it's I don't know what percentage that works out. I think it's, <clears> it's a five, maybe five. But anyway, uh, Alex Albon's efforts, just for uh, for reference, for, for him getting seventh, getting Williams seventh place. They get eighty-seven million estimate uh, dollars, and for finishing tenth, Haas gets sixty. Twenty-seven mil. That is an awful lot. I would hope. I imagine this. I imagine will come up in negoti- any future Williams negotiations. <laughs> yeah. Are you under the <clears throat> same impression that I am with regards to Haas? Uh, elaborate slightly. So I think, while we're on the the topic of um, well the the week of randomness, let's let's do mm-hmm. it. I'm under the impression if Andretti get rejected, then they will buy Haas, because I'm pretty positive that Gene will pull the plug. If things aren't good next year, bye bye Haas. I think we are entering. He, he can make a big amount of bucks yeah. off the team that he bought into that into that. He oh, won't yeah. be losing anything. He'd be making like he'll make him profit for sure. I don't know if they'll go for a billion, but no, I, I, I no, I, I'm pretty positive they'll go for at least a billion. You think? Uh, you think a billion? Yeah, well, quite I mean, easily. I mean, think about like Alpine as their valuation is essentially a billion. Yeah, I think it's a little less than that. I think. I, I think you're probably right, but I would say a ballpark figure is probably what they would ask for. But they would probably agree to. Oh, absolutely! Less. They they. Oh, they'd obviously ask for a, uh, at least a billion for sure. Uh, maybe the, like a, you know, you still you you put your starting price high and you you can't go from there. But I imagine it would settle in the nine hundred eight fifty to nine, yeah, that. that kind of range. I do think we're entering a very critical two three year period where it's almost going up. Ten, like we're getting close to the ten year. Yeah, this is yeah, this is what we're talking about. We're almost ten years of Haas F one, uh, and no podiums. No victories, obviously. One, One pole, which obviously just came last year in some freak circumstances. And their highest position... They finished what? They finished uh, sixth fourth. or fifth? Fifth. Fifth, fifth in Australia, fifth, right? Uh, oh, sorry. That's just a, uh, sorry, that's that's just for on track. I think I'm talking about constructors. I think they, they finished f- fifth in 2018. Yeah, and then it's been a downwards trend ever since. Very much and so. And have gone through a car generation has still got the same issues. Yeah, yeah. Their, their issues are prevalent in this in twenty twenty three as they were in twenty nineteen, which is incredible given that yeah, like you mentioned, they've gone through they've gone through a regulation change since. Let me just double check that twenty eighteen stuff. Because I remember they there was a legit battle with Renault for a little bit. Yeah, fifth yeah. place, ninety three points. They they looked the real deal when they first came in. Actually, I, ever since then, I did see a stat actually that they've scored they scored ninety three points in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I don't think they've since actually then they've, since then they've actually eclipsed that in total. No, yeah, that's I also saw that's that, <clears throat> which is mental. Which is mad. 
yeah, three points. And that sprint's thrown into that, and more races thrown into that. Literally. <laughs> like, they scored 28 points in 2019. They scored three in 2020. They scored... Uh, hold on, they scored... Oh, they scored... How many scored in 20? They scored zero, of course, in 2021. And 2022, they scored 37. So that was their best season. And this year, they scored a grand total of 12. And they got rid of Mick Schumacher. Hmm. Funny that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is a critical two, three years that we're entering here for Haas because at what point does, like, Gene decide, yeah, let's, it's, been, it's been 10 years. No podiums. I wonder, like, if first point of call will just be, right, Gunter's the first one out and then, like, Ayo Kamatsu with them. Works. and Yeah. Complete reset. And you give that and a then, go? And then if nothing changes... Then you get rid, yeah. Cause Which then, you could see them doing because there will be manufacturers chomping at the bit to get in as a as a team for that price, with a guaranteed entry. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, it's like it is an interesting place where we're at. Like this is the team where the upgrades were worse on the car than with like Hulkenberg made Q three with the old spec. Yeah, that's that's tough. Which is which basically is what echoes what happened. In 2019, where they went back to the old car, and it was it was quicker. <laughs> well, my favorite part about that was they they obviously at Silverstone they obviously tried to first gather the intel. They had the two cars on the different uh, specs and crashed, and then crashed into each other. Yeah, <laughs> and were both out by the first three laps. Yeah, oh, funny, dear has has has. Yeah, I think we are entering critical point here for sure. These next three four years, maybe even yeah. because Gene would be silly to say no to that amount of money. I think personally, because I think F1's going to hit a point of like maximum growth for a while. Yeah. Then it's going to sort of like dip a little bit and then it'll peak back up again. And uh, things start to get a bit more interesting because obviously the max domination is going to make people turn away a little bit. It always does. 2021 peaked for F1 just because of the intense top five. Obviously, they're trying their best to sort of keep that level, but it's never going to be the same. Yeah, it's a tough one to uh, persist with that. But the thing with Gene Haas, like he's he's like he he's got through the the pandemic seasons. Like that was the that was the big scare. That's the thing. I don't I don't think it's a it's a money thing. I just think he will give up on the old dream of it. Well, it's not money anymore because we've now we've got through that and the the franchise model has kind of caps, kicked yeah, in a bit. Cost yeah. caps in uh, the valuations for teams are higher now than obviously twenty twenty. So yeah, you know, I, I just think he, he it's just money will talk. Cash is king of as in F one Graham. We both know this, mm. and um, I, I just think he'll be getting a bit fed up of it all. Yeah, personally, like, I do think there's like, he, like he's competitive. Like he obviously wants to do well, and it's been it's been a frustration source of frustration for him that it, they obviously have not really done that since twenty eighteen. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. When Behrman comes in, we'll uh, we'll get a better Imagine. idea. Maybe we'll see. Uh, speaking of that, I think it's a good time to bring us on to the post-season testing that took place for F one. There's there's nothing to literally s- fuck all. There's nothing to say here because nothing matters. Like it's not like we got last. We got like Gasly and Alonso and DeVries, etc. And their new teams last year, year before we had like they've always had something. And this is the first F one post-season test. I can remember like it. It doesn't matter. Like a few young drivers get the run in, sure, that's great. Uh, and Behrman again came out 
uh, with like, very positively and all that. Uh, Mark Slade, uh, Kevin Manson's race engineer, was talking very positively about Behrman. Uh, nice for them to get acquainted, you know, since he'll be his race engineer in 2025. So, you know, yeah, good to know, good to know. But anyway, uh, but like, there's like the like Prey tested like not that not that as exciting, anyways, but it mattered even less. Uh, we did have an interesting red flag where there was some oil coming out of one of the tunnels onto the yeah. track, and we couldn't start one in the mornings because the helicopter wasn't around. So, love that. Uh, that was that was nice. So, yeah. Nothing really to say on F1 postseason testing. A little bit more on F2. Uh, we got a look. Uh, we got. A, I could say we got a provisional look of our 2024 F2 grid. So we'll kind of run through it. Uh, some of the again, one or two seats will change at most. Really, when it comes. There to normally this. is just a couple. The lower teams, anyway. Yeah. It's never normally the bigger teams. They all normally stay the same. And of course, some of it would have been confirmed as we mm. mentioned. Well, a lot was confirmed this week, actually, for, for F2. Yeah, hell of a lot. Mm. We'll run through it. Uh, run through the entry list for the F2 postseason test, and we'll kind of, yeah, we'll go from there. We know Hauger and Colapinto are both confirmed for MP. Yep. Uh, Roden Crown confirmed Zane Maloney and Ritomo Miata. Yep, uh, Miata. which is the super former champion. Mm. So, yep, good stuff there. Uh, ART, Zach O'Sullivan and Victor Martins. Those are unconfirmed, but... Yeah, good step up for like O'Sullivan. If you know, we talk about performing, I mean, he's got the platform to do it. ART is good as you can get, really, in F two. Yeah, you would imagine Martin stays. ART has been with ART for mm -hmm. donkey's years, so yeah. Uh, uh, is this the most exciting F two lineup in F 2s history? Andrea, Kimi, Antonelli, and Ollie Behrman. Yeah, both ridiculously young. Both driving for top teams as junior drivers. Both probably going to be in F1 and fighting for championships in the future. Top uh, academy, like top of their academies. Yeah, that's tasty. I mean, Porcher and uh, Martins obviously come somewhat close, but nothing as exciting as Antonelli and Behrman. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Paul Aaron and the Maury Cordiel, uh, as we talked about, uh, they're also confirmed for high tech. Mm. Uh, also confirmed Jack Crawford and Juan Manuel Correa is Correa confirmed actually I think he might be was Correa confirmed Crawford was confirmed for Dams Correa wasn't confirmed but he was running with Dams yeah Correa was in for Dams uh, Bortoletto and Cushmine we know to be confirmed for Virtuosi uh, now we get to the interesting ones uh, the two PHM cars I would argue these two are up for well we actually sorry we know Joshua Dirksen's racing next year yeah he's confirmed uh, Joshua Mason I would Hazard a guess stays, but I can't. I can't say that confidently. No, I, I can't say it confidently, but I'm ninety five percent sure. Yeah, Mason for what for the jump that he had to make was fine. Yeah, not it was as you would expect. Like he was mm, towards yeah. the back. He's in the PHM. It was a big step up. I think he did perfectly fine. Uh, Trident is the one I'm interested in. They ran two drivers. In one of their cars. They ran Richard Vashore in one and Christian Mansell in the other. Okay. <clears throat> and then Ollie Girth was in the other Trident. And I believe Ollie Girth has been confirmed. Okay. I didn't know that one. Well, he's Red Bull Jr., so I'd imagine he's. Safe. Oh, that's right. He is. No, you, wait, is he Red Bull Jr.? He is Red Bull Jr., yeah. Oh, gosh, I forgot. I've, I get him and Tramnitz mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Wow, Ollie Girth. Oh, but it's Trident and F2. It's. 
Yeah, it's not great. It's tough. It's so good in F3 that it's, I just don't understand. Uh, Enzo Fischipaldi and Rafael Villagomez for Amos Force. We know Villagomez has raced for Amos Force in F3. Enzo would be an interesting one there if that's where he ends up. Yeah, didn't Villagomez do the postseason test last year for VL? I think well? he did. I think he did. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm. He's one. I'm sort of putting a doubt on it. I wouldn't surprise me for sure if he didn't get the trial and see would end up back at um, VAL. I think he said his goodbyes though. To be fair, has for sure. Yeah, to... so, so so do I. But it wouldn't surprise me if that was the option left. He would take obviously. Maybe, maybe uh, Enzo. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure either for him because of the indie car stuff as well. Oh, we well. He's probably confirmed because he's staying as Red Bull Junior. So, oh, okay, he's staying on Red Bull Junior. Okay, yeah. And then you know how we said a lot of them were being trimmed down. Well, apparently not. Well, apparently not because <laughs> you forget the ones he added this year, including uh, Pepe Marti, and obviously they're keeping Isaac Hajar for Campos. Hajar in the white Red Bull in postseason testing. Yeah, I saw that. Interesting. Not a fan. Not a fan of that. No. I liked it in the real Red Bull. Yeah, no, it worked in the real Red Bull. <laughs> Not in this. So, yeah, there's our provisional F2 grid, I would say. Again, the one, the ones I'm unsure about at this time would be Correa, Dams, both, or sorry, uh, the PHM of Mason, uh, the Trident, uh, Rafael Villagomez's Van Amersfoort seat, and that's a better. So that leaves about, what, three, Five. maybe? So that's that's about where we're at. So the ones returning to F3 then, now that we know, uh, we, we, we can infer. Uh, so obviously, uh, Beganovic is the highest returning driver from sixth. Or we Which is interesting. Returning. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, is, it is weird that him and Aaron are now split, like having those two been inseparable. Together. Yeah. It's a very weird one. Mini, same as well. I'm not surprised with Mini. I'm fine with it because Alpine's timeline has to be stupid. Yeah, and he's moving to a better team, so as I think it's uh, only good things for him mm -hmm. in that respect. He's still young. Yeah, yeah, he's still young. Uh, I if Kyle Collette comes back for a tenth F three season, then fair enough. Other I believe one... he's going to Indy Lies. Oh, I think I did see that somewhere. Yeah, I believe I mentioned it before. I believe he's going Indy Lies. Uh, we know Gregor Sossi is going to uh, endurance racing. Yeah, both categories now, actually, Graham. He's got confirmed to another team in IMSA, I believe it was. Oh. I like it. I, I like committing early to that. If you know it's not going to work out, commit early to the other alternative rather than just hang around and wait for a prayer, so to speak. I like it. You can have a he's, more he's than successful... Older. Yeah, oh, yeah, he is an older one for sure. But you can have a, definitely have a successful racing career even not in the junior categories and get, mm -hmm. get yourself in the door early though so I, I'm yes. glad for that uh, Taylor Barron will be back for Neroli just confirmed at, uh, at Trident at Trident Seb Montoya I think should also be back as well yeah he'll be back quite sure what his sponsorship situation is uh, Luke Browning finished 15th in the standings here yeah I know he had a not good Bahrain but he'll be he's going to be one to watch for you like we know we know this we know the second year F3 stuff is real uh, he will be one to watch for sure. Uh, but yeah, there's that's enough two grand. <laughs> well, 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 maybe we'll find out. We've well, never known. Probably won't surprise me. He did F three in Macau? So, well, true. But even Marcus Armstrong did F three in Macau. Yeah, as did so, Daniel 
ticked them. So so. Daniel ticked them, indeed. Uh, I will say for postseason testing for F2, I Antonelli got a lot of laps in. A lot of laps in. Some he very... did, but it's all pointless. It is pointless. I completely agree. Please tell us why. Because it's a new gen car, so it's a complete reset. <laughs> yeah, but it's good experience. It is because the cars are cars. Uh, it's it's the same power unit, so it's good experience in that for, in that front for when the Mechachrome engine eventually blows up on you in spectacular <laughs> fashion, as it always does somewhere. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you've got the tires to get used to because the tires are staying the same. Mm-hmm. If I'm not wrong. So you've got that aspect. It's just the aerodynamics are slightly different. Yeah, I do wonder how mm-hmm. kind of the advantage I think is with the rookies in some regards here because they're they're yeah, coming yeah, straight so. in. Now they've had a little bit of practice here, but they don't have the year or so, or even more in some cases that some of the other drivers have had in this old car. We expect this new car to be significantly better. So in it, terms of racing, it should be. It does give the likes of Antonelli and Bortoletto an immediate chance, and and you know, the likes of Marty immediate chance to have a much better rookie season and hit the ground running than some other drivers have enjoyed in the past. Yeah. Is it weird that I'm very hyped for this F2 season? It's Well, we've got we've got Barnstorm. I think we've got a great F2 grid in theory. We've got, obviously... Yeah, this is where um, <laughs> yeah. Ronald Sonny joins in. Yeah, great. Yeah, no Ronald Sonny. I will not be watching. Sad times. Has he finally given up, given up on his F1 dream? And or has James Valls kicked into the curb? Maybe, maybe. Probably both. He'll find his way to appear somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, reserve appearance when uh, Oliver Behrman and Antonelli take each other out. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we've got Antonelli, Behrman, Mark. Like, we've got Antonelli versus everyone, essentially. Uh, we've got Behrman versus, versus Martins. Yeah. We've got Colapinto versus uh, O'Sullivan. Yeah. We've got the duel of the Red Bull drivers, as always. Marty, Hajar, Fischer-Paldi. I don't think Maloney's part of that now. It's not been confirmed, but it wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't. Oli Girth as well. We've got a pointless Alpine in Miney. We've got the solo squads now with, obviously, Dennis Hauger. With a point to prove in his third year. Miata, I think, would be an interesting one to watch as well. That, that was going to be a very weird dynamic. Very weird it dynamic. Is. Considering he's a lot older than all this grid. 24. Probably will be 25 by the time we get to the, to it. Mm. I believe he's Honda-backed. But yeah, I have to imagine Considering so. he came from Super Formula. Um, so probably we'll have some form of Red Bull affiliation somewhere along the lines. <laughs> it, will, it wouldn't surprise me. Considering. Um, so yeah. His different experience is going to be good. But... He wasn't great in the postseason test. Well, you don't need to be great in the postseason test. It doesn't. No, it means, but it's, it's it means his first little. time driving outside of Japan, so yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah, very, this like, could be a disaster. I mean, think of it this way: he's introduced to Pirelli rubber for the first time. <laughs> he's like, well, "What the fuck is this shit?" Like, do this they, is a Firestone. Do they use Bridgestones in uh, in Super Formula? I don't know. They use a significantly better tire supplier. I know that much. I don't, I don't know if it's a mission. I think Probably it's, Yokohama. It's actually. either that or Bridgestone. It's, it's yeah, one of those it's two. It's one, one of the Japanese manufacturers. I yeah. want to say it's Yokohama. I.e. it's done right because it's done in Japan. <laughs> yeah. It's done in Japan and done by a capable company. Yeah. But who isn't set um, impossible ideas no. by, their, by their serious creator. So... 
No. So who knows? Like again, I, I'm not going to judge him too much based on that aspect. But no, really, I can see him pissing off bad to someone with super formula or going to whack after a year. Put it that way. Mm. Uh, with Antonelli, like it's weird, like because they he had some good running in the postseason test, good times again for what that counts based on the new car. But they're not. They Mercedes say they're not expecting him to uh, kill it next season oh, in sure. F two. Is what Total Wolf had to say. Uh, say, he said we've got Kimi under the wings in 2012. Did they? 2012. He must have been like was grooming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he must have been like four, like a three years old, if even. He was a great kid already then. You can see the character. He was strong. We had him in the garage, and there was a lot of confidence. And then in go karting, his track record was immense. He put him in the junior formulas. He wins every single season in his rookie year. We've got to be careful because there's a lot of hype around Kimi. Pushing him into F2 is a big step because those cars are heavier and much more powerful. But if you give him his time and don't expect him to be killing it in his first season, I think he'd be a really great one in this sport. Mm. Uh, Wolf said there is no consideration now about how long it was anticipated for Antony to be in F2 as his tenure would almost certainly depend on how successful he was in 2024. Mostly, I think it, it depends how it goes. It's new cars, which is an advantage. It all depends how quick you can be. But there are some very tough competitors to get to, to get to to get into that second season. Fred Fred has won in Behrman. They are highly rated, and I think that's whether it's a season or two. He needs to demonstrate that he's ready for C and F one. He's got another step in between. We've got to concentrate on F two, nothing else. Well, we'll see. We shall. I don't know, Mum. Uh, their, their plan is to get him in F one by twenty twenty five. Yeah, get in for 25, and then, and then by the end of 25, then... He's in the murk. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're kind of screwed. If Lewis is retiring at the end of that contract. Yeah, it's... As, as a, we believe. It's a weird... Like, who, how do you get in for a weird stopgap year? It's, yeah. Probably Bottas, that's the thing. If he's still around. There's no chance. Like, assuming Audi's been him off at the end of this year, Sauber rather... Who's who's taking him? Like, where does Bottas go? Does he go to a Haas? Williams? That's it. It's a... probably a Williams. That's the only poor thing, isn't it, really? If they want a, an experienced driver for a year. Yeah. There's a stopgap. But even then, I'd probably say that doesn't happen. Fairy tale thing. You retire from the team that you started with. Very nice. There you go. Very boring. Be fitting, I guess. I suppose. Um... I don't have anything else. I, th- I, mean, that was... I do. Hit me. What have you got? Gazzetto Dello Sporto reporting that Charles Leclerc is going to sign a Ferrari extension till guess what year, Graham? Is it 2026 by any chance? No, it's not. 25? No. Oh, longer. Oh, gosh. 30? 2029. Ooh, one after the Verstappen In the same year. respect, they are continuing to... Um, of a call of sight, it's a one-year extension. <laughs> this is the thing. Like this is from what they were reporting, it was to keep the options open because of drivers like Norris being available. Yeah, that's the thing. And if you're signed, how do you feel about that? It's it's weird, isn't it? Considering when Sainz has probably had his best season in Ferrari this year. Yeah, but like you could look at it and think, like from his side of things, like I almost beat Charles two out of three years here. Yeah. Now that's again twenty one. It shouldn't have happened, and it, if it happened this year, it also shouldn't have happened. But that's the thing. Like you, you say to him, like I'm just as good as he is, and I've performed just as much as he has. 
why aren't you giving me the extension that he has, or at least three years? Yeah. Now, it's then back to Fry to say, where, where, where are you going to go? Like, well, that's it. <laughs> Audi? Yeah, good one. Aston Martin? The, Maybe. The, the only thing that would happen that would benefit him was be a straight swap with Norris. Oh. And even then, I don't see that happening. I think a McLaren would take him back. I don't know. An older science against someone like Jack Dewan. Or well, a Gasly. Well, you, or an s- Albon. you assume Piastri is still there. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Piastri will be the number one. Mm. Piastri in science? Oh, yeah, we just talked about that, didn't we, last week? Yeah, exactly. That would not happen. <laughs> that would not happen, Graham, any, in any blue mood. So uh, smoothing over needs to occur there. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's an interesting one. Obviously, it's complete hearsay at the moment, but mm. I thought it was a very interesting one. That would, that would mean um, Charles would have been with Ferrari for 13 years if he signs that extension. Wow. In total, obviously, across the junior categories. Yeah. Which is a long-ass time. And basically sees how his career into his 30s, which is mad. Yeah, that's weird to think about. One one year in a, one team and then with the other team for the rest. I'm, I'm here for it because if we get him down until 2029, that's great. And if nothing happens by then, and I'm happy with him leaving. <laughs> is there any precedent in F1 for a driver staying with one team for their entire career? That's lasted over eight years. I have, I have to say no. Surely not. Um, probably not. No. Like it's Schumacher and Hamilton that have come closest with like longest tenure. Hamilton now yeah. having the longest tenure now at an F one team. Yeah. Then you've probably got Max on his way to it. Of course, with the twenty twenty eight contract. Yeah. Because um... that that'll be twelve years. By the time he's done that, yeah. If you want, like, not not with counting, obviously have uh, Toro Rosso, but I think Leclerc obviously would have to. You'd have to obviously take into account the Sauber year, but yeah, very interesting. Yeah, they, they don't believe there is. Oh, Norris, Norris would be a good shot if he stays with McLaren. Mm. Norris and Piastri have got potential for that. Yeah, they do. But I don't see Piastri staying. McLaren, you but don't I think? see Norris. Norris will have the loyalty. You see Piastri to Ferrari at some stage, couldn't you? Yeah. Or I, I see Piastri in a Red Bull. Oh, that would be a nice full circle thing. They've talked about well, that. They, talked they about mentioned that it. That's what I mean. Mm. I, I could see that happening. Yeah, that'll go well, I think. I could see Alonso back in the McLaren for a third time. <laughs> Look, man, it was strange enough for him to go back the second time. Third time's absolutely not out of the question. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I actually expect Ferrari to be the first ones to have their 24 lineup sword. I think, I think they'd be completely fine. It's just how long do you extend sites for? Charles will be fine. I think. I think Charles has realised he's not got any options now. Really, it's the Red Bull or bust, really, and that's yeah. No, now that the Mercedes two are tied, the only place he could have gone is Mercedes, really. Yeah, yeah. Or wait and hope for Audi, but that's not. So. Yeah, the, the the length of contract here for both these drivers will be very indicative of where, I guess, Ferrari are at and where Leclerc is at in terms of if it's a one year and seeing where the things are at twenty at the end of twenty five, you can kind of get a sense of the leaning for that. Yeah, I hope they give signs a multi-year deal. I'm fine with him being signed up until 2026. That's fine. I think another two years is absolutely fine. Yeah, perfectly fine. That gives a chance for Behrman to get into F1 and whatever, get a year under his belt and then move science aside. Yeah. Well, this we... is where science went to championship before Leclerc and then... <laughs> <laughs> then they have a predicament on their hands. Imagine, imagine that. That would be, that would be terrible. 
You'd surely just leave bit. if you're Leclerc. Like, you just go to Red Bull. Well, he's got a contract till 2029. Get out of here. I've, if science beats you, the, beats you to the title, you've got to get out of that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's like a, a second and a lap quicker, then, yeah, that's it. Yeah. There's, there's no recovering from that. No, there really isn't. Like, he goes from, he goes from superstar, golden boy. golden boy, its team is his, and to have the title snub, robbed from under his nose from from science would be yeah there is no coming back from that <laughs> i would cry i think i would laugh in i would laugh in sadness i think i wouldn't know what to do yeah it'd be such a strange one because the next you think of like next ferrari title winners and like leclerc is just there's no one it's, else it's there it's leclerc then bearman and even like bearman is a distant 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 pipe distant, dream he's talking in 10 years down the line like we've got to get him to F1 first let alone in a Ferrari and but like Leclerc is here and now and has been <laughs> it would be hilarious yeah anyway uh, was, that, was there anything else you wanted to add uh, that was it that was it uh, we do know I've shouted Robert Kubica for giving himself a Ferrari drive in hypercar yeah they're running three cars next year yeah. which is interesting happy days I'm happy for him because he never got the fair shot back in F1 with that 2019 mm. Williams and them not actually helping him with the steering wheel until like partway through the season. Yeah, it's nice to him actually to get the Ferrari move that he was meant to get. Yeah, I agree. For a fair tale, isn't it? So yeah, I like it. I, it I, would I, be fair tale for him to win like Le Mans or something like that. Mm. I hope it goes well for him, I really do. It uh, depends who he gets paired up with, really, doesn't that it? That is very much the case, yeah. Although, this, yeah, you know, yeah. if Giovinazzi wins it, then there's hope for anyone, no matter who you're pairing up with. Well, I mean, I mean, if it's Giovinazzi, Kubica, uh, and um, Nikita Mazepin, then who won a race of the weekend, by the way. Oh, is he racing again? Yep. Where? where? In what part of the world? I, I don't know. Under what license? Team with Louis Delatraz. Oh. Yeah. He's in some form of hypercar. Interesting. Yeah, I don't uh, know where it was. I just saw the image on Twitter on top of him, him on top of a podium, and it was sort of saying this um, Israeli driver or something like that. What? <laughs> well, oh. he's obviously racing under yeah, a different yeah, license, yeah. of course. Yeah, and he's still got like a stupid egghead on him. He's got that that similar hair. Yeah, oh, brilliant. It looks as... yeah. good With stuff. The big company logo on his chest. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've heard, I've seen. I've seen that Alpha and May are looking to go to for WEC. I don't know in like what capacity, but it looks like they're going back to they're going to WEC before F one. So I don't know what. Yeah, F one's done, Paranus. So no, I don't think don't they said for they're... now. Like they'll, they'll come back when they said they'll come back when the time's right. But yeah, so the has Alpha and May think didn't yeah fizzled out yeah. yeah. So be interested to see what capacity they do they do that in with Alpha and May. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there you go then. I believe that. That covers us from our extravaganza roundup in the end. A few tangents here and there, but that's what the off-season is for. Next mm. week, I believe, unless you have any objections, we'll do our end-of-season awards. Followed by our end-of-season review mm. of our predictions. Which should put us pretty close to Christmas at that point. It puts us a week off Christmas, Yeah, I believe, a, if, I, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, we'll have to see how this... Uh, yeah, 10th, 17th, 24th Christmas Eve will be the next one for us to record out but obviously we'll have to change that well we'll fix that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah so those two are coming along uh, yeah postseason awards yeah uh, interesting time of the year and obviously preseason predictions uh, overview is one of our 
one of our favorite podcasts of the year, along it's with just funny. making the well, yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at them back yet, so I I know some in my head. Um, yeah, there's some embarrassing ones for for us both, as there always is. Oh, always. Last year was last year's album prediction was the funny one for me. Yeah, that was yeah. Look, look, I'm more. I'm look. I'm, I was wrong, right? I'm, right? Mm. You, don't, you don't get them all. I don't, I don't get them all right. I get a few, but. Uh, yeah, like I, I was wrong. I was wrong, and we'll see what uh, what other apologies will you get to make this year to. Uh, to I drivers. make no apologies. Well, we'll we'll have a look at your predictions, and we'll we'll find out pretty soon. <laughs> but that's to come. Uh, for now, though, thank you very much for listening, as always, to another episode of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I've been Alpine's engine director. Oh, brilliant! Which means you'll be uh, out within the week. Sack. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. See, 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 go on X tomorrow and see. See, I'm relevant by saying X there. Oh, yeah, that's very, very modern, very contemporary. I like it. Um, uh-huh. Elon Musk, come at me, babes. You'd be, coming, you'd be in the bottom of Santa's sack pretty soon with that, uh, with that kind of uh, carry on. I'll be, no be nowhere near anyone's sack. <laughs> that's More a new my own. I have a big surprise for you this Christmas, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shall see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.